Welcome back to Hey on Track Frankfurt, the Bundesliga podcast covering everything there is to know in the English language about on Track Frankfurt. We got a lot to get to today, so we're going to jump right into it. I am Chris here in Detroit, Michigan. Uh, I'll be joined in a minute by one of my favorite co-hosts. I don't play favorites like my mother says, but uh, you know this guy <laughs> and I, we we like to drink a lot. We like to talk a lot of mind tracks, so we're going to get to him in a minute. Um, first, how to get in touch with the show and what's coming up. Um, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Discord, Instagram at Track Frankfurt. Matt runs that page real well. Uh, on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Pod. And uh, in either one of our pages, you can find a link to our Discord chat, which is a 24-7 place to talk Eintracht and many other things. And HuffPod.com, where we got a new prediction feature where you can win a prize pack. Go on there, submit your prediction for the next Bundesliga match, and you can win a prize pack. Uh, we had nice. our first one this last week, and it went out to Tim in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, if you listen to the show, you know I'm not a big fan of Ohio, but Columbus has one of the biggest burgers I've ever had, the Therminator from uh, Thurman's Cafe. So I applaud Columbus and Tim. Thanks for listening to the show. Your prize pack is in the mail. Uh, someone not eligible to win the prize pack, but who's got some uh, half pod swag and we're going to get him some more is the swag daddy himself, Matt in New York. Uh-huh. How you doing, buddy? Good, buddy. I'm good. Good to be Doing back-to-back shows with you, my man. Dude, this is going to be a good one. There is, oh, man. There, there's not a lot of negativity coming. There hasn't been a lot in a few months, uh, and <sighs> I hope we can keep this going. Hey, I said a lot. I didn't say <laughs> none at all. <laughs> but let's get right into it. Uh, the match on the weekend, the Bundesliga matchup, Eintracht Frankfurt 3, Hertha Berlin, Null. Tell me... Goodness, from the start, this was just an ass-kicking. Um, um, you know, there was talk about it being a trap game and whether the trap was the match on the weekend or the cup match during the week. I felt that we were going to come out pretty quick against Hertha. And while there was a little bit of back and forth early, I thought the way we moved the ball, the way that we just executed clean passing in the midfield, I felt really good about the way we came out, even if we weren't scoring real, real quick. What did you think? Look, I got to put my hand up. I definitely thought this was a trap game. I thought we we're going to at least tie or lose this game. I had, I honestly had not, not a Kevin a trap hope. game. No, not, not a, a Kevin, Kevin trap, trap game. game. Literally a, <laughs> it's a trap and put Star Wars um, meme here um, kind <laughs> of game. It's, but look, dude. The way I came out of this, I'm just going to put it flat out and simple right here for all the viewers or for all the listeners. We're winning Champions League. Simple as that. The way we played literally was flawless. I know we played against a Hertha Berlin, but I think this was more of like a, a, a bigger mental step than it was a you know skillful skillful step, step which is going to be a huge morale thing for our team. I mean, you said it. You said it. First, Chris, I mean, the way the midfield connected passes, Lindstrom and the and Ronald Koumani literally connecting so well together. Koumani getting a brace now. You know, he's going to be – he's literally going to win the the golden boot and, like, the most assists in the league this season. And it's going to be awesome to have him on our team. And it's going to suck that we're only going to have him for a year because obviously he's going to be sold to a bigger club after this. But, I mean, dude, we're good. Like, we're – really really good and dude the buta as well like hello this is awesome (laughs) 
Yeah. Um, we'll get into the store into the scoring here in a second. Um, let's look at the lineup a little bit. I think myself and probably every other person who's hearing this podcast right now was shocked to see Philip Max in the starting lineup. Um, real I mean, quick for him, you know, to get thrown in the minutes he has already, but he was absolutely involved from the first minute of that match. Yeah, I mean, you could tell his experience kind of put in and he, his, his playing style from uh, the Dutch league, you know, came right over flawlessly into, um, you know, our starting lineup in Curly gave Glasner the comfortability to start Philip Max. And I mean, dude, he, he fits in so well. I mean, him and uh, Gutsa play really well together. Him like him and Jibril Sol have good, nice one and two passes. And he's putting balls into space for Kolomani to run onto him. I mean... Yeah. yeah, he fits well. He, he did a lot. He did a lot in the cup match, which we'll get to in a minute. Um, but I thought what it allowed him to do, what it allowed Glasner to do, uh, with a guy like Philip Max, who his play reminds me so much of Costage. His ability to track from box to box, it allowed Glasner to go with the back three, which I think we generally play more comfortable with a back three instead of a back four. Uh, just less people to, to clutter things up in front of Kevin Trapp. And Max has that speed to recover. Um, you mentioned his his comfort factor with Jabril So. And, but he does and have that rah-rah energy like Custis you mentioned. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it, there's nobody that comes in at this point in the season in January or February now where you say the person's going to have an immediate impact. That just doesn't happen unless you're that top elite level player. No I, disrespect, I Philip Max. He's not that guy. Um, but to be as comfortable as he was in his first match out, literally within days of being signed, is such a positive thing for us. And I thought you could see that energy um, early on. Let's talk about some of the goals being scored here. Kolo Muani uh, creates for himself in the box. Was that a penalty? No, doesn't matter. But it was called. It doesn't penalty, matter. But... No, it wasn't. But yeah. it doesn't matter. They don't. They yeah. don't go our way sometimes. I do not understand the Bundesliga's VAR system or the referee system. I feel like half the time the people in the fucking van outside or the people in Cologne are just flipping coins, and just making. Oh, you know what? That's a penalty. Let's do. Let's go with it when it's like eighty percent not a penalty. But whatever. Yeah. You know, it's one of those things where. You hate to see it. You see it in other sports, too. I think Randall Kolomuani is at that point where he has not gone down easy, ever. There's times where I want him to go down easier, and he doesn't. Um, I think you earn a lot of points in your favor when you do that, when you're that kind of guy who generally refuses to go down. And in a 50-50 situation, you have a guy with top-end talent. You have a guy who shows he doesn't go down often. In a close situation like that, he got the benefit, so I mean, and he took he, care of business from the spot. You know he's going to get to the ball. He knows he's going to get to the ball, which is why he doesn't go down. And if he does go down, you know, it's kind of he's kind of selling on to the referees, like, hey, listen, I don't go down as much as easy as other, <clears throat> excuse me, as other um, strikers. So when I do go down, you know, I'm actually getting fouled here. So I, it's kind of like a, a, a it's a two way. Uh, not a two-way street, but, like, he's kind of hitting them with two stones. So it's it's kind of funny, but, no, I mean, 
the guy's a warrior. I mean, it's 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 kind of what you know, Nico Kovac back when the DFB Pokal winning days came in. You know, it's all that that mind and grind mentality. This is what Ante Rebic was doing. This is what Holler was doing. You know, um, yeah. I guess you can make an argument for Silva, but he was a little bit more of a pretty boy. Where when he did fall, he did sell it really, really well, even though when it wasn't a penalty. Um, Bore was a mix of both, where he you know did fall, but he also was a grinder. But Kolomani, man, holy crap, dude! Like he's. Yep. Dude, but like, dude, we've been saying this all season long. But it's like a play of the year, right? And I mean, and some, like, whatever else there Absolutely. is. Absolutely, he's the man right now, and uh, he didn't stop there either. Uh, just a few minutes later, you know, we're feeling good. We're still playing good. There was one point late in the first half where our passing percentage hit ninety-one percent. To do that at the forty or so minute mark of the I know half you got excited about that. remarkable, um, and. You saw the fruit of the growing chemistry between Lindstrom and Kolo Muani there. Lindstrom is really starting to find a groove. He can score when he needs to, but him and Kolo Muani have a great thing going uh, with Kolo Muani sneaking behind the line. Lindstrom with a perfectly timed pass. I just love that combination together. Lindstrom doesn't need to score. We have enough firepower. He's When he is taking shots, they're the appropriate ones now. He's not doing that Gasinovich shoot from 30 yards thing anymore. Uh, I just, I, it's hard to find new words to describe what this offense is doing right now. And that's evident by the fact that we're second in the entire Bundesliga with 40 goals scored uh, through I, 19 matches. I that, think what I coming think off what, last year's struggle, shit. I know. It's, that's unbelievable. I didn't even know that. 40 goals. That's that's kind of nuts. But I think what happened in these past two, even you know, even the past th- uh, past couple games um, before, is, you know, Buta, you know, he needs to get his flowers as well. I mean, this guy is, I think what, I think, you know, we were, we were you know, we've been pretty good all season long. And I think the biggest, our biggest weakness was our wingbacks, right? Because Pellegrini, uh, you know, thank you for your services. But, you know, he always got injured. Christopher Lent always gets injured, which is probably why he doesn't start as many games. We actually need him for a couple minutes here and there. Um, and now with Buta coming out of his, you know, long, long um, injury, now he, he's looking super strong. Like, I think that him being on the, so solid on the right side is giving Lindstrom more of that confidence saying like, Hey, I don't have to drop as far back anymore. I can actually check into the ball and not, you know, be as defensively reliable as I was previously. Um, and that's kind of the same thing now with Gutsu and Kolomani, you know, now that Philip Max is sitting back there these past two games, dude, Gutsu never had to track back. <laughs> Philip Max was always back there to, you know, at least cover him for his mistakes and Jibril Silva was there for support. So, I mean, I think that's what a key thing with our with our system, especially with our three in the back, um, especially with having Haseba now probably playing a little bit more than he should be, um, is our wingbacks is the only way that it's going to be successful on the defensive side of things. Now, granted, that was a different story against Darmstadt, but, you know, I think that's a whole different, uh, different kind of game than this was against Hatta. But, I mean, dude, Buta and Philip Mox, I mean, we are... We're not good. We're we're really fucking good right now, and I'm and I'm not just saying that as like you know hyping us up. Like I know I want to start talking about the winning about the Bundesliga, but obviously it's gonna be impossible with Bayern. They always have it in the bag. Um, but like, dude, we can make a really really serious run in the in the Champions League if we continue playing like this. I mean, it's nuts. It's, it, it's I am we're in a flow. I am not one to be. It's funny in 
my outside of football world, I'm very much an optimist. Um, but when it comes to this club and my being burned too many times in the past, it is hard to be optimistic. I love them, uh, but that doesn't mean I love them all the time. And <laughs> it's really hard right now to not be optimistic because you see some of the things we're doing with players that have been um, um, undervalued or wrongly played in the systems they're coming from. And you see how a guy like Buta, who I didn't even know who he was when we signed him. Um, Philip Max, I knew who he was, but people kind of, you know, they they either loved him or they hated him, kind of polarizing in that way. Um, The way these guys just kind of flow, we don't have a very rigid design to this system. You know, it's it's technically uh, like a 3-4-2-1 or 3-4-3-ish, but it's very fluid. And coming from a, a couple of regimes in the Kovac and a little less so, but um, even under Hooter, it was very structured. And I think we have the right combination of guys now that are experienced, um, but also young and and fluid enough to keep things very I have fluid. I just it's the word that keeps coming to mind. It's very fluid and it's very uh, beautiful well, we, to watch. And I think the reason why we're so fluid is because of Gutsa. I think Gutsa has given you know yes. free roaming around the midfield now, where he's dude killing it. I mean, he's arguably playing better soccer than he did in his Dortmund days before he went to Bayern. I mean, yeah. he he's he's not only just being a playmaker over there, but he's doing dummy runs. He's he's opening up Kolomani's runs. He's playing unbelievable passes and switching the field with Lindstrom and whatnot. I mean, Gutsa. I mean, I think. I mean, if I mean, we have so many key players, but Gutsa is definitely at least a top two key player in our system right now because without him, he you opens know, everything up. That. Yeah, yeah. Um, we got to mention, too, uh, for all the hell we put Tuta through, and I don't think he played a great game there, uh, but his save off the line was yeah. huge, huge late yeah. uh, to keep the score line there. Um, and, of course, Kevin Trapp, his 50th clean sheet. Clean sheet. Love it. Love it. Go ahead. What? No, I just love it. Do the clean sheet. I just absolutely (laughs) love it. It, For, you know, for how long he's been around and for how close and how many we've been burned in, you know, 90th or 94th minute goals, he probably should be closer to 75. Um, I'm going to give it like team errors that cost him because it's rarely on him. Uh, that he loses that that stat, but props off to Kevin Trapp. I mean, it, this is a guy who went to PSG, battled for time there. He said, you know what, Frankfurt is is in my heart, it's in my blood. And man, did he prove it. He just came back, and his eyes have been on the prize the whole time. To turn Dude. down Manchester United, to turn down other opportunities. You know, he said this week that, that this is where he wants to end his career. And I, I'm not going to lie. I had a I had a car cry. I sat in the car when I heard that, and I just was like, "This is the man." I got to order another jersey. I love this guy. There's no <laughs> better embodiment for the resurgence of this club in the last ten years than Kevin Trapp. I it's there's nobody nobody compares. Oh, dude, it's incredible because it's crazy how we go from a legend like Oka Nikolov to someone like Kevin Trapp and. 
the sad thing, the sad differences between Okanikolov and Kevin Trapp is we're probably going to build Kevin Trapp a statue somewhere in the stadium. Like, and that's yeah. <laughs> without a doubt. I mean, he's, I, I, I probably a little bit of bias in there, but I literally think he's the best keeper in the world. Like put, put De Gea in, in a penalty. If I had the option between him, Kevin Trapp and De Gea, Courtois, um, I don't know, Ellie's son, um, Ederson, whatever, or Emerson, whatever the Man City keeper is, I take Kevin Trapp three times over. You know, like yeah, you know, you can make an argument for any player, uh, any any goalkeeper of that caliber as to why they should be the called the best keeper in the world, and it might be a fair argument. But if you look at the squad that's in front of Kevin Trapp from a payroll perspective, from an experience perspective, and and like he's doing so much with not that we have scrubs out there because we clearly don't, but compared to the Man Cities, the PSGs, the Real Madrids, we don't have those kinds of players, and they're mostly just names. Um, you know, you, you look at guys in the Premier League that are demanding eighty million dollar transfers that I've never even heard of, and I watch a shitload of soccer. Um, mm-hmm. There's there's a lot of fraud in that. But really, Kevin Trapp, what he's done under the radar for so long, it's just, I rave about the guy to anybody that will listen, and they're all like, who's he? I'm like, good, you don't need to know. I don't want you to know who he is, because then you'd want him. (laughs) Um, um, Before we wind up this one, uh, we're going to turn to table talk for a minute before we get into the cup match, talk about what happened around the league. Um, But first, where Frankfurt sits after 19 matches, Second on goal scored, like I mentioned, with 40. Fifth on assists with 24. Eighth on shots attempted with 198. And 15th in saves. And most of that's because we haven't allowed a lot of shots. A lot of them have been um, blocked or poor quality that goes wide. So, statistically, we are near the top of the most important categories. How we're scoring and how little we're allowing the other team near us, near our goal. Um, 14 goals allowed, I'm sorry, uh, goal differential, 14, 26 goals allowed through 19 games, not the best number in the league, but fair for the top four. And that says a lot about where we are. We're scoring plenty and we're not allowing many. And that is how we're going to climb up the table. Uh, not a lot of movement in the table this week. Frankfurt sits at fifth. Um, the big match on the weekend, Dortmund absolutely dominated Freiburg. I want to say that was a 5-1 to one score. Um, Got to mention there, too, Sebastian Hilaire gets his first goal coming back uh, from his cancer stint. And so, <laughs> it's so good to see him score. It's kind of tough, you know, pulling for him, being at Dortmund. But absolutely love that guy. A class act. And oh, yeah, obviously. Just love it. Yeah. Um, what else we got there? So uh, Bayern gets a win, finally. They had struggled in the last three before that with three consecutive Hoff- draws. But you know, Hype is like nose diving right now into the the uh, relegation zone. It seems like Stuttgart is getting down there right now. I mean. Yep. Really- We're starting to see some separation there. At the top of the table, um, five points now between Wolfsburg and Freiburg. Uh Kind of, you know, five points isn't a lot, um, but you're starting to see that European group separate themselves from everybody else. 
Gladbach continues to stumble. Uh, Leverkusen, two losses in a row. They're out of it. They're out of the European running for the most part. Um, but even at the bottom, you know, you mentioned uh, Hertha Stuttgart. Hoffenheim has lost, what, four of their last five now. It's going to be an interesting race to see who can save themselves in the last couple months of the season. Uh, but still a lot of time left. 15 matches left to play. We're nowhere near uh, deciding who's going where at this point, which is why every single match is critical. Uh, we'll talk yeah. about matches coming up in a minute. But we got one more match to review on the men's side, and that was the cup match. Uh, as we record here on Wednesday, Tuesday's match, Eintracht Frankfurt 4, Darmstadt 2, the second match at home in the span of three, four days. Matt, this was a roller coaster from beginning to end. Just an absolute heavyweight fight. <laughs> I mean, I don't look, know. I, this is the kind of I, game where, like, even if you have Messi or Ronaldo in our lineup, it wouldn't. The this, this score would probably stay the exact same. We'd still have nine yellow cards being distributed. Like, it wouldn't matter. I mean, at the end of the day, all that matters is that Hessen bleeds red for a long ass fucking time, and it always will bleed fucking red. So. Thanks for coming out, Darmstadt, but don't come back. <laughs> yes, agreed. Um, we came out with a, a similar lineup, a few changes. Makoto Hasebe in the back line um, with Indika and Tuta, uh, Buta, Kamada, Rota, Max, Gotza, Bore instead of Lindstrom, Kolomolani up high. Um, this started right off the bat, real quick movement and. Buta did something that I just, I loved. The way he powered down the side, his little soft touch to Kolomuani's forehead. Kolomuani could have literally rested that ball. That's how soft it was. Not soft and like there wasn't any power behind it, but just so gently placed in the exact spot where Kolomuani could put his head through the ball. I loved everything about that goal and it made me so excited for the potential that Buta brings on that right wing. Yeah, I mean, like we said in the game against Hatta Berlin, you know, he's kind of just kind of darting out there. You know, he's him and Philip Max are kind of bringing in what like Kovac kind of brought in before what Pellegrini and Lentz were, you know, not as successful in. Um, the, the darting runs is it kind of helps our press as well as, you know, our counterattacks. And, you know, I'm glad Buta was able to get his assist. Um, in that game because, you know, obviously that run was well well rewarded and well-deserved. Obviously, Colomani did a huge part in that, but without that ball, dude, Colomani wouldn't score. But, dude, Buta is, Buta is definitely a great up-and-comer, and he's coming in probably the most perfect time when we actually, you know, needed some defensive, you know, stability. Yeah. Uh, the, the announcer on the English feed kept mentioning it over and over, the amount of missed chances uh, by both teams. Darmstadt missed a couple early. Uh, Bore yeah. missed one over the bar that, you know, I th I know you could hit it. I'm pretty sure I could have put it in as well. Um, it, but you had the feeling that we were in control. And then all of a sudden, uh, Rota just kind of a turnover from hell that led to the equalizer there. And just a, a bad two minutes of play from us. Okay, you, you know, you made a bad play. You got caught not marking guys coming back, and um, there you go. Yeah, it was... But then uh, two minutes later, it happens again. I, it was interesting, man. I mean, 
Look, the, 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 we were definitely slapped and we definitely got kind of cocky there. Like those are defensive lapses that, you know, should never <clears throat> should never happen in retrospect thinking about it now. I'm glad that this happened right here in this DFB call game because if it happened in a Bundesliga game or in a, you know, Champions League game next week when we play Napoli, you know, we'd be talking about a whole different situation, a whole different scenario. But look, did it suck? Yes. Did we learn from it? We'll find out. But, you know, that was definitely kind of like a kind of a red flag on our end where, you know, we can't get too cocky on two nothing and God knows yeah. I two nothing is the worst lead in soccer, so Yeah. And you know, it it was brought up um in the Discord chat. I saw it on Twitter a little bit. People mentioning that that evil diva that always seems to pop up. And I kind of disagree. I did not feel even though we allowed two goals in two minutes to a local rival, I guess you gotta play more in my opinion to be a rival, but I didn't have a sense of, oh, shit, here we go again. I really felt like the maturity of this team and the chemistry that they have, some of the holes they've dug out of in the past, and knowing just how effective they can be when they're mentally focused, I wasn't too worried. Um, And a guy who saved us time and again, uh, well, first, the setup, um, Philip Max, late in the half, he he showed that Bore level of energy. Uh, those two yeah. I love because they both have a motor that never stops. And you know Max hustled to a ball that it, any any player out there doesn't hustle to create that turnover, but he did. I think the defender was caught a little bit off guard and just how quickly he closed that gap. Um, Max makes the hustle play and Goza with a very mature, calm pass. I mean. It, most players on this planet, you know, they get the ball in the box there. They turn and fire as hard as they can. Gotza, very calm, collected. Here you go. Tease it up for Bore. Just perfect. I mean, you couldn't script it any better on the training ground. No, not at all. I mean, I'm glad that Bore actually, you know, scored that, you know, because now, you know, his confidence is definitely getting up there and stuff. You know, it's... uh it was, no, it was a beautiful goal, beautifully set up. I mean, it, we're just showing how great our depth is. You know, we don't technically need Lindstrom too much when, you know, we can have put Bore in that kind of position now. Um, yeah. So, no, I'm glad this this game showed our, you know, our our um, our depth as well a little bit more, you know, putting in uh, Enska Knauf and at the end as well. Jakic, you know, Jibril Sobe even subbed in for Roda. Um, even though, you know, obviously what you mentioned, Roda didn't have that great of a game, but... Look, the depth, the depth is there as well. You know, we can check that off the list, you know. So, I mean, it's it bids the question now, and you mentioned this in the last podcast, is, you know, what sort of silverware are we winning today? Because at least we have to at least win one silverware with this team. All as of them. Crazy that. <laughs> yeah, I wish. I, <laughs> as crazy as it is to say, though, you know, and it's even crazy just to even question that as a, you know, are we or, or should we be serious here? Yeah. Uh as you use that word serious, I was just going to use it somewhere else. Um, one more point on the Bore equalizer right before the half. I thought it was very telling that right after he scores that goal, we're accustomed to the Bore salute, which I love. I always salute back at the TV. All the um, time. But he didn't do it. He went for the ball. And even though he knew that that halftime whistle was coming up, he said, business is not over. I'm not here to celebrate yet. Grab that ball, take it back to the center circle. Let's keep going. 
And, you know, it's just that, that composure, that knowing the moment we can celebrate, but I'd rather celebrate the victory over the individual performance there with the goal. And it, it's a little detail, but in the bigger picture, it says a lot about where he is mentally with a very frustrating situation. He was supposed to be the centerpiece of this offense. He's not, but his effort and his his motivation has not been diminished at all. And I love that about this guy. And I hope he scores a million more goals because we're going to need him. Uh, <laughs> second half, um, just more banging around. The bodies in this match have got to be bruised and bleeding. I mean, I think that was the most physical game of the year. That Darmstadt team played I mean, they just kick and run. the first That's level. That's all physical. they did. They literally just kicked and run. Like, they just lost it up in the air, hope their strikers would, you know, hold off the ball, lay it off to the midfield, and then run off the run off the back of the defenders. I mean, that's classic college soccer, what they were what they're trying to do. And, I mean, every time we had the ball, you know, there was some serious control, you know. Darmstadt had their presses here and there, but, like, you know, we were easy to get out of it, except for those two mistakes with Loda. So, I mean... Yeah, I mean, it was 50 But that's what the you ball was, have The ball's to in the do. air half the time. I mean, when, when you know that you're not the better team, I don't have to lecture you on this. You should be lecturing me. But you know, <laughs> you know, when you're the lesser talented team, the ball over the top is the way to do it. And, you know, they didn't finish a lot of those opportunities, but they were effective in giving them enough space to operate. Even though they turned it over relatively quick, they had the space to operate once in a while and it had to keep us on our toes because even after we got the the goal, the Daichi Kamina goal, let's talk about that one for a minute. A uh, guy who we relied on a lot, given the position that he naturally plays, we were relying on Kamada so much for offense at one point early this year. Um, but now he just kind of sits back. You forget he's there sometimes. And then he said, hey, guys, don't forget about me. Bore with a killer cross, RKM. It was kind of a, a more spread out version of the Bore goal in the first half where you had a cross and a setup with RKM with a nice little soft one and then Kamada with the outside of his right foot. And that's the kind of stuff you practice over and over and just I could never hit it. The way he placed that so perfectly, it was awesome. Yeah, I mean, that was a beautiful team goal. You know, I mean... Bore with the nice little, you know, juke and stuff like that, and kind of a hockey assist. Um, Good well, reference, I mean, we're by the way. Not a hockey guy. I appreciate that. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, I mean, beautiful team goal on all front ends of it. I mean, even though, like, what's his name? Who scored the last goal in the 90th minute? It was a Kolomani again in the last? I yeah, mean, that Kolomani was, with the, the Kostic-style cross to the low post on the other side. Oh, yeah. it was beautiful. I mean, we just, you know, Darmstadt definitely was you know, on their throats towards those last, like, five, ten minutes. I mean, there was a couple moments where, like, Kevin Trapp didn't even move. But, yeah, once Kalamani was free in the 90th minute, it was just, like, <laughs> kind of like a Gachinovich sort of went and sort of run uh, in the Diff people call. We just got to, you know, place it in the far net and just put these motherfuckers in the bus. And, uh, someone, I don't recall who it was, someone on our Discord chat mentioned that it was reminiscent of the Kasinovich run down the pitch against Bayern when he yep. closed out the, the Pokal title win. Um, Kolomuani going down there on that left flank, he just knew he was going to score because you give him that kind of – he doesn't need space to score, and you give him that much, 
you knew he was going to do it. And, you know, we were already up three to two. We were going to win no matter what. But it was a nice icing on the cake. And I think the confidence that that gives you going into the match on the weekend here, uh, short week, man, they're they're just rolling. They're rolling on all cylinders. I um, love I love that we have the Colomani chant now because we own that yes. chant now. Thank you, Liverpool. Thank you, City, for your uh, for you know bringing it to the attention. Obviously, thank you to the Col- uh, for the Tory brothers, but it's ours now, guys. It's ours now. We, we yep. have it now. We have the we have the lease. Exactly. Um, do you want to see Darmstadt come up next year? Were you? I was impressed by what I saw. I mean, I know, you know, four to two isn't indicative. It was a closer match than that. And I think they could, you know, they're not going to win anything, but they could cause some trouble and, you know, raise some eyebrows next year. They're certainly better than the bottom five or six in the first division right now. Yeah. I mean, they're playing great soccer, you know. I mean, they, they played us very well. But like I said, if Ronaldo or Messi were in this game, I don't think it would really matter. You know, if they played against a Freiburg or maybe even in Union Berlin, you know, could be a difficult challenge. But no, I liked what I saw. You know, there I obviously don't observe the second Bundesliga whatsoever. Um, thank God, not anymore. I don't ever want to either. <laughs> um, but no, they, they, they definitely look like a Bundesliga team, you know, even to put... Uh, two goals against us is, you know, pretty tough task, especially at home. So not a lot of teams can do that against us. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the draw for the quarterfinal round of the tournament, the draw will be held on February 19th. The matches will be played on April 4th and 5th. So yet to be determined who we're going to play. Um, other matches that, that played out in the round of 16, Stuttgart over Paderborn, Union Berlin over Wolfsburg, um, Bayern just beat the snot out of Mainz 4-0, Leipzig 3, Hoffenheim 1, Freiburg 2, Sandhausen 0, um, Dortmund 2, Bochum 1, that's kind of surprising, yeah. and um, Nuremberg handles Dusseldorf in penalties. Uh, I missed that one, I guess there was some crazy late drama in that one. So, uh, mostly high-end Bundesliga teams there. Uh, Nuremberg, the only ones surviving from the second division. Um, a couple hanging on from the bottom half of the table, but a lot of heavyweights there remaining in this one. So, not necessarily an easy draw coming up for anybody. Uh, we'll have to see what happens there. So, Bayern. Yeah. I mean, honestly... Uh, it's hard to predict where we're going to be in early April, especially with Champions League coming up, which we'll get to in a bit. But you just got to feel good about where we are right now. And I feel good about where we are in the show program right now because it's time for hashtag, what are we drinking? Matt, what are you drinking now or what did you drink on the weekend watching the matches? Um, I was drinking some, what was I drinking? I think I was drinking some regular Coors Light, honestly. I've been just kind of on this, like, cool kick. I don't know why, because I think every restaurant or bar I go to is just so hot. I need something cool to drink. And so <laughs> I figured, you know, there, there, it's a pretty crisp beer, you know, as trashy as it sounds. <laughs> but again, I'm also young and still student, student loans, right? loans. Exactly. There you go. So I got to, I got to make wiser choices. Okay. All right. So myself, um, you know, there's a saying, if it's not broke, 
don't try to fix it. <laughs> so I'm not. Um, I'm sticking with the Canadian Club whiskey made in Walkerville, which is in uh, Windsor, Ontario, literally a mile across the river from me and my neighborhood here in East Detroit. Um, and mixing it with Detroit's one and only Verner's. So keep it out local here, um, like I tend to do, but I'm not going to change the routine until Frankfurt gives me a reason to. And I, <laughs> I, I mean, because what I drink affects the way the team plays. We all know this. Oh, obviously. <laughs> exactly the I'm, way how I put my pants on on game day. I don't put my left foot first like I usually do. I actually put my right foot in my pants first before my left foot uh, on game days just to, you know, keep the good luck going. We're just thankful you put pants on at all. I mean, that's a really a step in the right direction. You really run. should be. You really should be. <laughs> doesn't happen a lot. does not happen a lot. That does it for segment one. And while you get that mental image out of your head, we're going to take a break. Uh, we'll be back right in a few minutes here with segment two. Welcome back. Segment two. Hey, I'm Trent Frankfurt, Matt in New York, Chris in Detroit. It has been jam-packed with positive energy uh, for the men's side after two victories at home in a four-day period. Uh, now we're going to turn to a team that hasn't been at home in forever and isn't going to be for a while. Um, the Frauen. The Frauen side. Unfortunately, I don't have a lot to talk about for this match uh, 1-0 victory on the weekend against Meppen on the road. Um, not a stream to be had. Even my Danish friend that usually uploads it for me couldn't get his stream. So I'm working off YouTube highlights and the score sheet. Um, but loads of chances early on from Frankfurt. I don't think the 1-0 scoreline is really indicative of the way the game was played. Uh, at one point, there were five or six Frankfurt corners in the first... or. In the first 12, 13 minutes, I think uh, the club put out. So a lot of a lot of heavy offense, but not a lot of real solid chances. Uh, Frankfurt gets a long goal in the 39th minute. Uh, nice long ball um, over the top. And Laura Fragging takes it down, tees it up for Prasnikar. Really a goal that was similar to uh, the, the Comeda goal. Uh, curler around the goaltender, opposite side of the goal. Um, but well played by Prasnikar. She's been the motor of this team all season long. Um, I kind of worry in these matches where you have a team that's higher in the table playing at a lower team. Matt, you know how it is. Um, the longer you let them stay in it, the more confident they get, the more tight you get. And it's kind of good we got this one in the 39th because when you've got, what, 16 shots on goal to one in the first half, you got to start questioning um, – What's going on here? So at least getting that one in the first half and then just playing things out through the second. There's never a bad victory on the road in any league, right? No, never. Now, I, I mentioned that they haven't been at home for a while and they're not going to be for a while. Uh, <laughs> the schedule anomaly here 
The last home match was on December 9th against Potsdam. And because of an upcoming break, the next match at home will not be until March 3rd. So it's kind of crazy. Almost two days short of three months between home matches. Um, but it is what it is. Now, the big news, the next match on the weekend um, is against Bayern Munich. Obviously, in Munich, um, this one is big for a lot of reasons. Um, number one is the table. Uh, the Bayern match on the weekend was postponed due to weather issues. Uh, so that match is being made up later in the... Oh, they've posted it now. Uh, it'll be right as they return from the break at the end of February um, against uh, Potsdam, the team at the bottom of the table. But the Frankfurt match on the weekend will be at Bayern. So currently Frankfurt is ahead um, by one point in the table with the one extra match played. Um, going to Bayern is always tough. Men's side, women's side, doesn't matter. This one will be special for us here in the States because we'll actually get to see it. Um, ATA football. Ooh who I love the way they broadcast the women's game. This one will be a simulcast on CBS Sports Network. So get up 7 o'clock on the East Coast. If you're on the West Coast and you get up at 4 a.m. to watch, I'm going to send you some Pod swag. Tweet us or a photo. Stay off. I would just stay up for the night before and just keep drinking. Why not? Why not? I mean, you know, Matt will come out there to California, drink some Coors Light till 4 in the morning if someone has to show you how it's done. All right. I mean, I mean, why would you go to bed for a 4 a.m. kickoff? Give me a challenge. <laughs> but I'm going to put it out there. Uh, if you get up to watch the Frown match, wherever you are in the United States, um, East Coast, West Coast, any coast in between, um, you tweet us a picture of yourself watching that Frankfurt match uh, against Bayern this Saturday morning, ATA Football or CBS Sports Network. We're going to get some swag out to you. I promise that it will go out uh, next Tuesday, most likely Tuesday or Wednesday. So tweet that to us um, on any of our social media feeds, uh, Twitter, Instagram, etc., and we'll get that out to you. Um, but tune in because we keep begging for more Frauen matches on television. Well, this is a chance. Give them the ratings. If you are on the West Coast or you maybe you're in Hawaii where it's like 2 in the morning, just throw it on in the background. Give them the ratings so we can get more of this because it's what we've been asking for. So after this one, it's a long break. Um, it's always tough against Bayern, but we've had, you know, up and down success with them recently. So we're going to have to see how that plays out. Um, I think us being in routine and rhythm and then having having their match on the weekend postponed might take them out of rhythm. Hopefully that works in our favor a little bit. So uh, we'll see what happens Saturday. Uh, the men don't play till Sunday. No reason not to watch in your Eagles gear Saturday morning as you're accustomed to just a couple hours earlier. So, Matt, back to the men's side. Uh, let's talk about the upcoming schedule for a minute. Um, obviously, things have been busy, and it's about to get even busier. We'll talk in a little bit about the trip to Cologne on Sunday, but then we back that up with Werder Bremen back at home and then Napoli on the 21st. So we're looking at three matches in the next 11 days. Uh, I'm sorry, three matches in the next nine days that is really going to... I read that wrong. <laughs> I, I, can't do, I can't do math. 
but the next three matches are really going to set a tone for us. Um, I think Cologne, Bremen on paper, not a tough stretch, but coming off the emotion of this last cup win and going into the emotion of the Champions League, we talked about it before, the trap, the trap situation. Is it a trap? Is this a part of the schedule where we can organize, get into some rotation and get some rest? Or do you not touch something that's working so well? Don't touch it. Let it go. I mean, I think I think what what is in our uh, in fa- favor here is it's a Sunday game. It's a late Sunday game, so at least we can you know have extra rest time there, and then we play again on the on late Saturday, um, and then we have the late game against Napoli on that Tuesday. So I'd rather rest against Bremen against the Cone, honestly. Um, just because we're home against Bremen, and I feel like we're we can be a little bit more um, risky, riskier with the lineup there. But you know, going into yeah. Cone, I, I don't think we should touch anything. I think we go with the same lineup. I think put Jubil So back in for Roda, obviously, and then I I wouldn't mind leaving Bore in there, and maybe even put give Gutsa some extra time and putting Lindstrom in there instead, or even give RKM some time just to uh, you know maybe even just given 20 minutes towards the end of the second half. But I say we go full full force again here because, you know, if we really are serious about the Champions League run here, this is a, you know, a must-win situation for us, um, no matter how bad Cullen is playing this, uh, so far in the second half of the season. I agree with you. I don't think we should get caught looking ahead. Um, we'll get we'll get right into this this prediction here because I think there's – a good amount to talk about. Um, Frankfurt at Cologne, an away match here after a couple at home. We got a couple more coming up at home after this. So the Rhine Energy Stadium, just a, you know, quick bus ride away, not too far. Uh, Sunday, February 12, 1130 Eastern Time here in the States, 830 Pacific. Again, if you can get up for the women on Saturday, get up for the men on Sunday. Um 1730 in Frankfurt. That's those are always weird matches because you're kind of winding down your weekend. I, I had a hard time with those when I was living in Germany because it, it it wasn't as easy to get up for the Sunday evening ones. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I I had a hard time with it, but I also had to be up at 4 a.m. the next day. So I. <laughs> uh, yeah, 1730 Frankfurt time. That's 1630 in Ireland where Eddie will be watching with a baby bottle in one hand, probably a bottle of beer for himself in the other. Uh, we love you, Eddie. So let's talk about Cologne. Um, as I said that, I lost our table. <laughs> there we go. So Cologne sitting at 11th uh, with a minus two goal differential. They've tied their last three matches. So not... Um, you know, they're not losing, uh, but they're also not winning either. Frankfurt, Frankfurt has collected 35 points from their first 19 Bundesliga games this season. That, we're playing Look. well, obviously. We're playing as good as we ever have. But I don't want to rest on we're playing well and they're playing average. I think the target is on our back right now, and this is a team that does scare me a little bit. They're hungry. Should I be scared? 
They are hungrier than us. I mean, look, they they've Cullen has only lost one in their last like fifteen home games against us. So I mean, they play they play us very very strong at home. So it's yeah. by no means going to be a cakewalk getting in there. But I mean, yeah, but we're also I, we're also unbeaten in our last seven in the league. So you know they play well against us. We play well against the Bundesliga. Something's going to break here, or we're going to have a draw. Um, as I look at their roster, I, I don't see a lot of stuff that scares me, to be honest. Um, I'm scared of gosh, us. I mean, I can tell you that. Like, you're scared of us? Ha- or they're I'm scared a little of scared us. of us. I'm a little scared of us. Yeah. I, I don't, I, I look, I think, I think, I think we're due for a loss here, to be quite honest with you. I, I don't want to be a Debbie Downer and my prediction is not going to be a loss here. I'm going to predict it's going to be a zero, zero draw just to, Kind of hedge hedge my happiness here a little bit, but I I you know for some reason something is tingling back right now because we thought the the trap game once against Berlin, um I think it's going to be against Köln you know so, but I'm going to say it's still going to be zero zero not to be a Debbie Downer here hey you've got, hey everybody's got to be happy here because it's the weekend's going to be coming by you know but <laughs> I don't know <laughs> um I I was going to go with. A draw as well. Uh, I was leaning towards the zero zero or the one one, but I feel like that's not what our listeners are here for. Our listeners are here for the happy talk, and th- this show has had forty six minutes of nothing but positivity, and I'm not about to let them down. We're gonna keep it rolling. I think it's gonna be a two to one victory, um, I love and it. I'm being generous with that one because bad things happen when I predict the other number. So I'm going to stick with two to one. Um, until I see somebody shut down Buta or Philip Max on the left, I think, you know, it, it used to be push Frankfurt to the wings because without Kostic, they can't do anything there. So everything came up the middle. And now where, where are you going to stop us? Until further notice, I don't think anybody out there can stop us. On the wings, we're strong. Up the middle, we're experienced. There's enough firepower. If we can get enough shots through their defense and on target, uh, we're going to score goals and we're going to continue to score goals until we find a team that has enough offensive firepower to keep the ball at the other end of the field. I if just we worry about how much take possession Hasebe we has for us. My only concern is has. I'm worried about Haseba, how much leg he has left for us because that's because if we replace him, you know, we're going to either have to put. Um, Philip Max back there, or going to four, going to four in the back and have Tuta and Andika hold it down, and Philip Max and Buta actually playing like right back and left back. How do we feel about Smolcic right now? It, he needs a little he, bit more time for me to have had, anything, he's but he's positive. Time. He's definitely on the positive side of things for me. Yeah, is there something we can work out with? I don't want Jakic on the back line, but if we can kind of put him in in like a defensive mid role where you know he, he's it, it's I don't know I mean the fluidity that we see in the offensive end it kind of makes me nervous when we do that on the defensive end because we're trying to work in younger and more inexperienced guy um but Look, I'm never for subbing in the back line if you have a back line whether it's a back four a back three I think you can kind of get away with it with a back five but you never ever 
ever take away your defense because you actually have to be in sync you're with your defense you know if you put yeah. in someone new yeah. mid-game it ruins the flow because you do have to figure it out because you have to understand certain tendencies like you know if my and this is coming from a defender here but again d3 soccer here so let's not go crazy um but you know, I definitely want to, you know, make sure that my right, my center back is also understanding, like when when I jump for the ball, depending on the, depending where the defender is or where the, uh, uh, the ball flight is and how high the ball is. Like, there's a whole bunch of different scenarios that you know you have to make an instant reaction to, and having a new person come in there not understanding that could you not not only ruin your offsides line, but you know. Well, if you ruin your offsides, and then you know it gives a great opportunity for if the defender fucks up for the striker to easily get the ball, you know, on a counter attack, so or on a breakaway. But yeah, never, ever, ever in my philosophy do you switch up the back line. And and I'd understand yeah. why we do it for more younger talent like Smolchich just to get you know minutes in there. But Smolchich should have played against Darmstadt, for example. You know what I mean? Not Haseba. I I see what you're saying about the well. In a cup competition, though, you don't want to take that risk, do you? I mean, I know you'd like to see the younger guys, maybe against a second division team, but I, to me, it's it's win or you're going home. In that situation, I'd rather have the experience of Hasebe and have Smolchich here on the weekend. Um, in a, I, if we lose on Saturday or Sunday, it's not the end of our Champions League run. If we lost to Darmstadt because we tried to play the younger guy then we're out of the tournament. And that's one goal that we've then come up short on. So I hear what you're saying, and I like what you say about you can ad-lib on offense, you can mix a match there with less risk than you can. If you mix a match and you're wrong on defense, it's far more costly. Um, mid-game, but at some though, point, we got to give him minutes, is different. Right? Mid-game yeah. is different between um, in the starting lineup. Like, Smolzer should have started. Like, if they would have subbed. I mean, listen, I just I just worry about Haseba, man. Like, I know he's our ageless wonder, but, like, dude, he's going he's, he's, he's gonna to crumble. Like, I don't want to say the O word just to, you know, disrespect him in that sense. But, I mean, like, it's... It's it's not good that he's playing this many games, this many minutes. Like I'd rather have him on the field when we do play Napoli and stuff like that. Have that experience in there. You know what I mean? Like not against but it, like, as as experienced as he is, I almost use the O word. Um, <laughs> as experienced and minutes played as he has, I think he wants to win enough where he would tell OG we need to go a different route. I don't have the legs this week, or I've only got 45 for you this week. I think, I know Hasebe is that guy to say, make the change for the better of the team. He's not so full of pride that he's willing to fall over the sword or willing to fall. He's willing to fall on his own sword for the good of the club. And I think that's why I respect him so much in that regard. Uh, I just want to see the rotation. Because, like you said, we're going to be tired. We're going to be beat up. Um, for me, this is the match where rotation is safe. Because I want to come home against Bremen in full order as a dress rehearsal for Napoli midweek. Um, there's different ways to take it. And that's why we're having this debate right now. Yeah, I mean... I definitely understand the desire to win a lot of game, like win a lot of trophies and stuff like that. But you also gotta, 
think if we're going to put ourselves in that kind of boat where we, hey, we should be winning the treble and stuff like that, you know, the reason why City can win the treble or like Barcelona, Real Madrid, um, I'll even put old Manchester United in there is because of, you know, their depth. They're putting second team, even third team players in there to, you know, win those games. So, you know, if we want to put in that thing, we should be able to do that. I just don't know how you know, our leg is going to be able to handle the rest of the season, especially our World Cup players um, playing this many games in this short amount of time. Matt, just the fact that we're talking about the potential. I know. I Eintracht Frankfurt and Treble being in the same sentence and not a joke in mid-February says so much. I mean, we were talking about, you know, I remember talking to you one year ago this month about how just another Europa League run was the highest of high that we've ever felt. And what are we doing right now with this conversation? I love this. Um, Dude, we were relegating six years ago. We were literally relegating six years ago. And we got out of it. I know. And I keep saying, pinch me, wake me up from this, or don't pinch me, I don't want to wake up. This is a new reality. There is no pinching and waking anyone up. This is the reality. We have built through blood, sweat, and literally tears of supporters. We have built a program. I shouldn't say we. I didn't sign any checks. But we as the entire club community have honed in on a winning philosophy that is sustainable across coaching regimes, that's sustainable against entire squads leaving and being replaced every couple years. This is a sustainable model for success. And I really don't know where it's going to end. Uh, I'll be honest. We're not going to win a treble this year. But we're in the running with three and a half months left in the year. That is astonishing by all accounts. You cannot find another club in Europe that is built in the same short amount of time the amount of success that we have. I mean, I think I think, I think think that the, the, the cherry on top is just the fact that we're even able to say that, you know, we are technically in the running for a treble now still, and it's still three months into the season, and it's it's nuts. It's nuts. The most Frankfurt thing we ever did was win a European trophy last year and finish 11th in the league. (laughs) (laughs) But but the follow-up to that, the most perfect sequel to that would be to make a Champions League run or to win a double, or some combination of anything crazy as a follow-up is not out of the picture right now, and it's just blowing my mind. I cannot I mean, yeah, get over The it. sequel is making Champions League playoffs. I mean, the fact that we're playing a two-like Champions League playoff game is unbelievable. Like, so many big teams didn't make it. Like, Barcelona's back in the Europa League, you know? I mean, that's, <laughs> that's just a joke. It's just a joke. <laughs> A great joke. What uh, I would laugh forever at with or at. Uh, it, it's unbelievable. And we're going to talk about it all over again next week because you're Cannot predicting, what'd you wait. say? Zero, zero draw? Zero, zero draw, my man. Zero, zero. All right, I'm going to stick I'm gonna stick with the 2-1. Uh, I just believe too much in this offense. And until we hit a rough patch, I think we're going to keep scoring, especially in league play. Um, so, Matt... Where are you on the social media landscape? Well, I just changed my Twitter handle, so it's easier for mm-hmm. people to find me. So now it's just SGE Matt and New York or NY. So 
pretty damn easy. And then on Instagram, it's still Wagner underscore eight. But yeah, that's 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 new for me. <laughs> Matt does a great job with the show's Instagram page at Hey on Track Frankfurt. Um, awesome content there. Always happy to wake up. I don't know if you ever sleep because every time I wake up, I see something new from our account. Well, dude, I finally, I finally figured out that I'm not going to use my computer for Instagram pictures anymore. I can actually download like the apps that I use my computer on my phone. So you're probably going to get bombarded a lot more than what you thought you were. Wait, you're the kid here. You're supposed to be the tech forward guy. (laughs) I'm regressing. (laughs) I am regressing. Like you should see some of the younger kids that uh, I work with and met with, um, uh, meet with from like other companies. Like we know nothing. I'm just going to say that we know <laughs> jack shit. You think, you know, systems, you don't, you know, nothing. Don't know anything. Well, what I do know is there's a lot of ways to get in contact with the show on Twitter at H E F pod, Instagram, as we mentioned at hand track, Frankfurt, facebook.com forward slash H E F pod and hefpod.com where you're going to go right after this episode and fill out your prediction for the week and possibly win a prize pack like Tim did last week. Um, so that's it for us in this episode. Our theme music is a song Forza SKA by Frankfurt nine track legend tankard. Uh, you can find tankard at tankard official and at ReaperMusic.de forward slash reaper. Our outro music is Hey on track Frankfurt by Roy hammer and De Perlinas. Uh, find them at royhammer.de. Matt, it's been fun. We're going to do it Love again it. next week. Uh, wherever you're watching, uh, Eintracht, Eintracht Frankfurt, Frauen, uh, cheers to you. Prost, Forza, SKA. We're just thankful you put pants on at all. Hey, I'm trying to find you for a la 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 la. Hey, I'm trying to find you for a la 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 la.